podcasting. It's podcasting. It's, what, a, what a treat we give ourselves that also is slowly going to drive us mad. Well, welcome to the show, Charles Stunning. We're so excited. Um, we got to talk about you on the show recently in passing because when <laughs> Rosie the Ref and Nick Swild of Pittsburgh T2T and 880, um, when they were talking about shows that they had been involved with, your name came up and your particular gimmick. And uh, we were just so fascinated and so excited by that prospect. <laughs> I was like, Don, we got to talk to this person. We have to talk to this wrestler. So Don was Don Hollowell, who is here. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Don was nice enough to get us hooked up. And um, so, yeah, welcome to Grit and Glitter, Charles uh hi thank you so much for uh, having me on i've i've been a a a a satellite of your work for a little bit uh so when i was informed by dawn very sweetly that i that i was the subject of a conversation i was like oh is this is this what making it feels like oh my <laughs> so it is it is my treat and my delight to be here so i'm kind of i'm kind of having a euphoric moment myself so thank you em you are um, fairly like new into your wrestling career. You're just yes. over a year. Mm -hmm. So um, can you give people kind of a, a quick summary of like, you know, who you are and like what brought you into wrestling? Oh, yeah. So uh, a little thing happened in uh, the year 2020. I don't I don't know if you heard about it. It was like this 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 like illness that went around like some people it, it was it was it was it was kind of a strange time. You know, uh, I call it the panini. Uh, and, uh, I had, I had been sort of out of the, the arts for a while and sort of fell into watching, uh, all elite wrestling, uh, my podcasting co-host, uh, over on my, uh, my sort of retired show, the infinity podcast was like, you gotta watch AEW. You got it. Chuck, you'd love it. You simply must. It, it's, it's everything that you want. You keep circling around this idea of wrestling, check it out and so i finally did uh over that summer i i i i know who macho man is you know like wrestling has touched my life in a lot of different ways as sort of like a funny way to reach out to another art form you know so it's not unknown to me but i came in really fresh with aew that summer and was very surprised to notice that I was watching it like somebody who wanted to learn it. I wasn't just watching it as somebody who was like wrapped for attention, like, oh yeah, hit him with the chair, you gotta. And it's like, okay, I can kind of see some, I don't know, agreement here, you know, without the words being said. And that 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 taunting fear of just, I think I have to learn how to do this. I think someone has to teach me. Uh, and I was very lucky uh, to have navigated through like the comedy scene, the nightlife scene, music, all of these wonderful things that I was uh, friends with delightful Dan, the goddamn Candyman, uh, through a little show called Extremely Serious Wrestling. And I knew that Dan wasn't just wrestling in comedy venues, but was pursuing wrestling for real. I do believe had trained at Shakara uh, for a while. And so I reached out to Dan and said, Dan, are you wrestling? What's up with that? Are you are you doing that? 
And Dan said, not only am I wrestling and training, there's actually a secret show that is going to happen uh, really, really soon. Uh, you should come. And I did. And it was uh, Queer Punk Outlaws, which was formerly uh, IWW at the time. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And I knew I had to join the school, had to become part of this little clubhouse. I saw one student showcase with just the students who study directly at Technique to Training. Went, they are so good. I want to get that. I want to get that good. Uh, so in March of, I believe it was 2022, I showed up to my first class, watched everybody set up a ring in a boxing gym, uh, mm. did some rolls uh, until I puked. And went, okay, let's do this forever. That was real fun. Let's go. Uh, so I have. So like whenever you took your first bumps and puked your guts out and everything like that. You I like, I want to come back tomorrow and do this forever. Yeah. No, Dan had us do. Me and my partner started on the same day. Uh, and because we were, we were new, the first thing they were like, okay, do some rolls, do some rolls. But we ended up doing so many. And I was going from like. My personality is I don't work out to pro wrestling. Uh, it was a lot. And I was like, nope, this this made me dizzy and ill. And uh, see you Wednesday. You know, uh, it just it was so much fun. D like, not despite that, but it was so much fun to do something that was so foreign to me that it like physically made me uncomfortable and staring that in the face and just going, yeah, but I want to keep doing that because it was really fun. And I think learning that lesson was the first important wrestling lesson I learned, which is like, this is going to mess with your body and you're going to have to either be so down for that or you're, or you're done or we won't see you Wednesday. And so it was really exciting and surprising to go into that with that mindset. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's kind of the long winded story. I was watching wrestling and then I was like, I do that now. I do that. No one's going to stop me. I'm going to do that. You and said that you've been, involved in like uh, like all kinds of other arts and stuff too mm -hmm. and i was actually just thinking about this like the other night after i came back from a show like um wrestling's like your unique art form that puts together like athleticism acting storytelling and crowd participation you know like there's really no other art firm or, ah, art form that really does that yeah a, a complete agreement. Having having done so many different versions of this, like I was, I was, I was trained as an actor, and then I became a musical comedian. I became a burlesque dancer. I've I've experienced all these avenues, and this is the thing that, and this is sort of what I find so interesting about integrating sort of a burlesque persona into wrestling is burlesque is all of the pageantry of wrestling without any of the, the like the violence inherent because burlesque is obviously the art of the striptease you have a pretty person transforming from one thing to another thing but usually there's not blood sometimes there's blood for sure i have seen i have seen some acts where people bleed uh but that's more based in sort of like the sideshow element of it so it's it's been really fascinating to watch wrestling have this inherent burlesque pageantry that it doesn't really think about. It doesn't really like recognize it in itself because it's so much like you're mad, you're mad, you're fighting, you're fighting. This is a this is this is this is theater of violence in the round and it's like yeah, but y'all are wearing so many sequins. You do <laughs> understand y'all are wearing like 
so many rhinestones right now. <laughs> come, come on. Hello? Hello? <laughs> yeah, for me, whenever I was getting into wrestling in um, like 2018 into 2019, when I started uh, taking burlesque classes, so much of it to me overlapped in a really meaningful way with what I understood about wrestling. And there was also a big part of me that like, I don't think I would have been brave enough to try burlesque in any form, like even in just like a class form, had it not been for like my newly found like wrestling fandom, because suddenly I was seeing bodies performing these extra extraordinary things, bodies of all shapes and sizes, and being able to, to translate that to a more like sensual context, not necessarily like explicitly sexual, but like a sensual, a sensuality to it. Um, just made a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like if you can do this with your body in a, in a more violent setting, you can do anything you want with your body in other kind of contexts as well. And yeah, I, I can start to, I started to understand like how much these two performance forms have in common. They're, they're based so much in, in this weird, for lack of a better term, liberation of your bodily autonomy, you know, your, either in burlesque exposing your body to the delight and the titillation of a crowd, or you are in a wrestling ring and you're exposing your body to a, a, a lariat that's going to make you see God, you know? Uh, <laughs> thumbtacks are under the ring, and that that's totally an accident. Nobody put them there at all. <laughs> Nobody agreed to that. But it's, it's We really just randomly have 16 doors under yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just we didn't have anywhere else to put all these doors. Hey, that ladder was there for the crew at the beginning, and it was had a legitimate use. <laughs> we just we never we never imagined that someone would hit another person with it. Couldn't possibly. Um, but I do I do find that sort of idea of being liberated and kind of feral exists in both of these art forms. I like to think that burlesque is like a gang of alley cats who all just sort of like descend on a bar and go, okay, we're going to be sparkly and naked for about three hours. And then we're going to vanish to the winds. And with wrestling, it's very much like a pack of, of, of like dogs, you know, where it's like, yeah, we are, we're a unit and we work together. And what has been so nice about making the shift from burlesque into wrestling has been the, the deeper sense of camaraderie, you know, the, the idea that you that you greet everybody who's there in wrestling and you recognize that every single person involved, be it from the the main event fighters to the guy who's running hard cam, it, they're all there making the magic for the same purpose. And that recognition is so cool to see because in burlesque, like you don't have a videographer, you don't have such a large swath of a crew. You have a, a gaggle of exedesiists, again, just sort of coming to a space, doing the art form that they made themselves, costume themselves. It's kind of, it's kind of a lonely art form in that, in that regard where yes, you have all of this autonomy, but you also have no one to collaborate with sometimes, unless you're doing like a double act, which is really rare. Uh, so all the all the commonalities in these these disciplines sort of are are made even more interesting when you think about how the how they're different you know this yeah. this very this like really th wrestling feels more like being in a circus than than being at the circus sometimes 
that makes a lot of I mean, that makes a lot of sense because there's more even just by like the fact that there's more people present in a moment at one time, like you said. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, so when did you when did you start burlesque? Like, how long have you been doing burlesque? When did you start burlesque? Oh, <laughs> I started <laughs> doing burlesque many, many years ago. I started. Uh, I studied under Joe Boobs Weldon in her sort of burlesque essentials workshop here in New York in 2012. I want to say, and the way that that worked was you took this four-week course, you did a student show under Joe's supervision, and then after that, she was like, good luck. You're a burlesque dancer now. Congrats. Uh, and oh gosh, I would be so scared. Yeah, you did it. That's it. Now go make all your acts and go network <laughs> and have fun. Bye. Uh, so in, in about a month, I became a burlesque dancer and then started the process of networking and booking gigs. So I, I've been very sillily taking my clothes off in the back rooms of bars since uh, like 11 years ago. Um, I did take a bit of a, a hiatus uh, slightly before the panini. And then that hiatus was sort of lengthened, but I got about a decade in, uh, in the art form. And I, I worked and produced a lot during that time. It was uh, an absolute delight, a whirlwind. <laughs> With you just, had a, you just had a show this past weekend. Uh, I did, yeah. I I made a a return to the burlesque stage in earnest after many many years away, uh, over uh, at Nurse Betty, which is uh, a bar down on the Lower East Side. Every Thursday, uh, the hostess, uh, Miss Frankie Eleanor. Runs a runs a real tight show, a real cute, a real cute vibe. Um, but I know Frankie through the burlesque scene, and also she is our uh, co ring announcer for QPO. So it was. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So she sort of got to see me play around with the burlesque aesthetic in a wrestling space, and went, "Do you want to burlesque again? Like, it, like for real, for real?" And I said, "Yes, I, I, I truly do. I miss it so." so dearly so desperately so i'm i'm back as a full-fledged bookable burlesque dancer now and that's <laughs> that's incredible to me it's very exciting um i i i needed to step away when i did and i'm so glad to feel that fire for it again because it was so important to me for so long so i think wrestling also helped bring that fire back into me where it's like i can I can take a I can take a fall on my back. <laughs> Taking my clothes off again doesn't sound so scary anymore. Let's go, you know. So, how did you feel any kind of difference aside from like, yeah, what what were the differences in your performance since you've been doing wrestling? Um, I think I carry myself with a lot more awareness of my physical being in a space. Um, I, I've I've always been a, a performer, so I've I've taken a lot of dance and 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 the like, you know. So I have this understanding of like my position in space when it comes to standing and talking to someone or like dancing with them. But suddenly having to essentially work off the cuff and improvise with the instrument that is your body has made me so much more aware of it and also 
weirdly less precious with it, but also more precious with it. And that doesn't make any sense, but I will explain. I have now gone into a space where I want to be physically active and I want to be strong and I want to look strong in a way that was not a priority for me when I first came into burlesque because it was really about reclaiming the comfortability of the body I have as I have it, you know? So when I was you know, 10 pounds overweight, quote unquote, I don't really cotton to these ideas of like being overweight or underweight. But when I was not so much absolutely the perfect standard of beauty for my supposed femme gender, I never felt bad about it because burlesque was the thing like, no, I feel good from the inside. My body is a gift. My body is a miracle. And so I felt really precious about it in that way. But it also meant I wasn't really taking a lot of risks with it you know i wasn't really getting involved in anything that was particularly physically taxing or something that was unnecessarily fear inducing and then i started wrestling and that script kind of flipped where it was oh i'm gonna do something that might hurt me i'm gonna try it because i i i need to understand it i need to sort of grasp it i need to be able to do it and so i have now sort of shifted how I feel precious about my body when it comes to like fear and pain and and these things that I would have desperately avoided because I I just hop in a bar and 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 take off a glove you know uh it's it's been really it's been really interesting to discover that I that I love my body and I want to put it a little in danger too you know um it's it, it's it's really been mind-blowing and I'm really starting to understand how different I am even after such a short time in the wrestling dojo just these these shifts in my perspective it's it's kind of like a religious experience in a weird way <laughs> so like yeah whenever you went in for your first day of training so um so who well, um at that time was it um Logan um, yeah, it was, it was Logan was the head coach. Uh, Big Game Leroy was an assistant coach and Willow Nightingale was popping in occasionally um, to sort of. <laughs> well, you got some Willow time. I yeah, I got Willow for like a hot second um, <laughs> before she very, very correctly got signed. Um, <laughs> and so it was, wow, it was nice working with you for like this month. Have fun <laughs> having every Wednesday taken now and you. We won't see you, uh, but yeah, it was it was such a treat to work with her, and I got to go on the road with her once, and it was oh wow, it was, that's it awesome! Was, it was a great gift. It was such a it was such a good experience of learning and understanding, and wrestlers get in cars and they talk shop, and that's kind of one of the best classrooms you're gonna find. Just a car full of wrestlers being like, "Oh yeah, that one thing." Oh yeah, no. Hey, oh, that guy just you you get so much because it's suddenly like unfiltered and it's not limited to the the time in the dojo where you're just like doing your drills, you know, you sort of get this 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 draft latte of information from your head coach who's driving, you know. Uh yeah. You no, know, whenever you first went into like the training room, is that like basically, you know, just like an old boxing gym. Like you knew, did you know, like, before from talking to Dan that, like, this was a very, you know, accepting space and you can feel, you know, safe there? Or, like, oh. how was that when you first went in? 
Oh, absolutely. The first QPO show that I went to, I'm going to keep calling it QPO because that's what that's what it is to me now. <laughs> um, it was very explicitly hosted, uh, uh, a ring announced by Matt Little, who's an incredible improviser, uh, the filmer of Pizza Rat, the viral video. That guy filmed Pizza Rat. So he's here like oh. ring announcing oh. for this thing. So I'm already really hyped because it's Matt Little and he's he's rad. And I've known him through UCB for like a couple years. I think he's, he's a very... comedian from Pittsburgh. Uh, is he? I, I only I only met him in New York, so okay. <laughs> uh, he was he was he was working at the UCB as a performer and also as a bartender, and I remember having a lot of strange conversations with him while I was doing <laughs> weird shows at the UCB. Uh, good times, good times. Uh, but he got into the ring, mic in hand, and said, "Hey, this is a haven. This is a space. This is safe for everyone, and we will tolerate." No homophobia, no transphobia, no bigotry or hatred of any kind. You say one thing, it, it, it makes anybody feel any kind, you're out, you're out, you're gone. And that explicit, radical, not only acceptance, but pushback against those who would demean the marginalized made me go, yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now, obviously. Obvi and I hadn't seen anyone wrestle one second. And I went, nope, this is perfect. Nailed it. Amazing. So I I felt it. I wasn't just informed that it was very inclusive and very accepting. I was I was yelled yelled at about it. <laughs> and there's nothing better than that. <laughs> you're going you're going to accept everyone here or or else. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. That really must have felt gratifying to hear right off the bat. That really must have like made it feel like you were in good hands, both physically for your physical self, but also for your mental self, because I don't think it gets talked enough that wrestlers going into a training environment are put through the gauntlet for both. It's very true. It, one of the resounding rules that we we speak every at the end of every single training session is protect yourself and your opponent. And it is an, it is an ethos that we carry with us through the shows where we say we're not going to tolerate any big bigotry because we're protecting ourselves and we're protecting our opponents and even if those opponents are the the audience you know like the protection of others is is baked into what we tell each other every single class and this idea that we are protecting each other in those regards also transcends to how we approach what we're doing in the ring i'm not just gonna thoughtlessly throw forearms at someone because I might hurt them and that's not protecting my opponent. I want to protect my opponent. I want to make sure that I am strong and I am correct in in how I am throwing this, you know, because while say it every single class if we're not going to show it in every single class. Yeah, fair. I mean, it's one thing to have the ethos, but it's another thing to like carry that out and be trained with that ingrained in your mentality. Yeah. And I, I put so much trust in in the people at my school and any of the wrestlers that come as as a as a part of it for for our for our larger QPO shows. I'm like, I already know because this space won't allow it that I can that I can put my trust in this other person. I can shake their hand and know that we're gonna protect each other. We're not only gonna protect each other, we're gonna make each other look so cool. We're gonna make each other look so good out there. I love it. It's so exciting. <laughs> Did you decide early on that burlesque was going to be a part of your gimmick? Uh, 
kind of. I I walked into training um, with a lot of other options um, at at my disposal. I've been a musician, an actor, a, a childcare provider. So there were a lot of lives that I lived that I could have that I could have worked with. Um, but the thing that really tipped it over uh, was kind of kind of kind of came at me before I was really ready. I was not far into training and I had made it very explicitly clear that I wanted to try everything in this. I like, could I ref? Could I ring announce? Could I like manage? Like, could I just like, I want to taste all of these elements of this because I've always loved context shifting and sort of seeing all angles of a production. I was really indoctrinated in that kind of do a little bit of everything in the space and you'll always have a space in 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 the world like if you if you know how to use a power drill even if you don't book the role of the lead in the play you could still build the sets like you can still be there you can be a part of the community and it's kind of always how i've approached it so i th this is actually the the time i hopped in the car with uh with willow uh we were headed up to uh south jersey for scientific tendencies and I was to give a ride to one of the commentators who tested for COVID that week, so was not coming. And I was told by uh, uh, specialty Tom Fraser, our, our sort of like head booker promoter at QPO, uh, that I was going to do commentary. And I and I thought to myself, well, I guess I have to make a decision on the gimmick that I'm carrying in there. And it was... It was, well, burlesque was the thing that I did the longest, and it's the thing I'm most acquainted with. And it's also the thing that has brought me just the sheerest amount of joy. So in that instant, it was like, okay, I'm Charles Stunning. Let's go. Uh, put me on a mic. Uh, I don't know if that rush had made me change my mind about what I wanted to do, but I don't think so. Because now that I've begun the process of integrating these two art forms, it's it's such a... An obvious choice, uh, not only for me, but sort of for what wrestling has meant to me um, and sort of what I would love to see wrestling sort of lean into and become, you know, kind of pushing that needle toward a little bit more of an understanding that wrestling and burlesque are very, very similar in ways that they don't realize. Like, you both, hey, you both love folding chairs. Hey, you both, I've seen more burlesquers carrying folding chairs than you would believe because they're like, I got to do a chair dance. So I got this folding chair and it's like, yep, you do. I love it. I love the, the, the connection folding chairs. Great stuff. Um, Y'all love sequins, <laughs> glitter, sequins, glitter, <laughs> bright it's colors, bright colors, beautiful, gorgeous makeup. Let's, let's go. Let's go friends. We're, we're all doing the same art form. <laughs> And I know because I do both of them. And I'm just like, no, this is all this is all one in it. And I thought you did great as a commentary for Wrestler's Lab. Thank you. Did you did two shows for them? I did, yeah. And then I also uh did uh a dropkick depression that was a, a fundraiser. Um for what I can't remember, but I I was very I was very excited to do that one because uh I got to actually do a commentary for an Eda Surreal match and that was awesome. nuts for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hello, Edith Surreal. Congratulations on your recent enjoy victory. I I what 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 can I tell the world about you that they don't already know? 
Oh, I love that. Is that something you would want to do more of, you think? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, I I love it. It's it's getting to be a a translator for the story, which I think is so sweet. I, I was... When I first started watching wrestling, I was kind of struggling to understand sort of like how commentary worked in the ring. I was like, do they hear the commentary? Like, what is what is going on? Because it feels like the guys in the booth have a really good mind and knowledge for what's happening in the ring, you know, so how much communication is happening here? And it's like, no, you're just as a commentator, you're reacting in real time. And it again sort of that like Venn diagram between what it is to do and be in the burlesque scene to what it is to do and be in wrestling I like to think that being a commentator on on the mic for a wrestling ring or a wrestling show is is very similar to being the MC at a burlesque show because in between acts you've got somebody who's sort of like kills the time while somebody picks up all of the clothes from the last act they're called the stage kitten um but this mc sort of like keeps the crowd warm you know keeps keeps the energy up maybe does a little crowd work maybe has a talent of their own but besides all of that the most important thing that that mc is doing is being the biggest fan of what is occurring or what is about to occur that is that is the number one job. And as soon as I realized that's what commentary is doing too. It's not just about like, oh, choke slam by the by the defender of the title. It is this defender of this title has a lot to prove in defending against this, like keying into the story, the emotionality of it, being the biggest fan of the wrestler, whether it is this guy is the nastiest guy you're ever gonna see out there. This lady, she's a real bruiser. You know, you're hyping them up while also helping translate a story to people who might be tuning in for the first time you're you're a leader you're a guide you're a fan you're so much i i just i i i love doing commentary and would absolutely do it more especially now that i'm a little faster in my brain as to what's going on i feel like i was kind of chasing the moves (laughs) The last couple times that I was that I was that I was doing commentary, which is fine. You do things when you're not ready to do them and you do them anyway, because that's art. That's how you make it. You go when you're not ready, because if you went when you were ready, you'd never start. Uh, So it was it's it's been it's been a it's been a real like weird treat to sort of once again, see those little connecting points and go, oh, I love that. But yeah, I I live for a good commentary. I think about good commentary a lot. And that's why I think I love um, like data on commentary so much too, because like they're, they don't hide that they're a fan. Yeah. Like I think a lot of like, especially in the Indies, like people think that they have to be like super serious and take it, you know, like this is just a move and rah, rah, rah. But um, yeah, be have fun with it. Why not? It's supposed to be fun. Yes. It's supposed well, to be fun. And if you're not allowing space for everybody to have a good time our self like an audience is self-conscious might get the better of them like it's all about agreeing that this is happening that this is incredible that this is unprecedented this is historic you know you've you've got to let everybody feel safe to agree to that and I think commentary is a really good conduit for that I think it also ties into just the wrestler that you are becoming and the the performer that you are and that like not everything has to be hyper serious. Even in a, even when we give respect, we can also be a fan. We can be enthusiastic. We can be clever and witty and silly about things. 
Um, we can incorporate it all because it's it's wrestling. It mm-hmm. needs to have all of those parts to work. Like you look at like some of the, like the best wrestlers in the world, or some of the, the serious wrestlers, quote unquote. Like, a lot of them can do like comedy too. Like look at Kenny Omega and Speedball; they both worked at DDP, so like they can do comedy. You know, <laughs> look at Daniel Garcia; he suddenly became funny as hell. You know, <laughs> agreed. And again, I think it is a wrestler has an understanding of timing and what is comedy if not good timing. So it's it's I, I, it, wrestling is everything, y'all. It's kind of all the stuff in like stuffed into one thing. And the more you think about it, the more like, yeah, no, it's it's like improv. It's like stand up. It's like promotions are like pop music. It's why you get these refrains of I've been drowning my demons, but they learn how to swim because it is it is a pop hit that suddenly just plays in your brain you think about hard times and you're like yeah that's a pop refrain hard times daddy that's you have like that's just a hook to a pop song come on (laughs) like music you have like your your pop pop stars like your that's your wwe or whatnot Mm -hmm. and then you have your punk bands like playing in front of you know 50 100 people or whatever and like both of them are equally as fun to me, you know. Yeah, we're making it. We're making this art at all levels, just like any other cool, rad, revolutionary art form. Well, so for those who haven't seen you wrestle, um, how do you work burlesque into your wrestling? Like, how do you in particular do this? Um, I this is this is the million million dollar question for sure. Um, I've I have noticed that this particular intersection of wrestler with a burlesque gimmick, it's kind of new. So I'm I feel a little bit unless unless someone is out there that is already doing this and I have not met you. Hello, I'd like to talk to you. Let's collab, pick each other's brains because I I would love that. Um, but it's in in sort of my scene where I am currently existing, sort of like on that northeastern seaboard i feel a little uncharted um and so what i have sort of resolved to is oh we're we're the art of the striptease and that lives so deeply in wrestling in a really interesting way that i'm just trying to take it and elevate it to an interesting level of burlesque pageantry i i keep getting inspired watching when when your wrestler is so tired and they're so angry and they're just like they're gearing up for the next big thing and they take that singlet and they pull it down. It's like, baby, you're doing burlesque. You are transforming <laughs> from one thing to another through the art of removal of clothing. That like is whenever literally... like Kurt Angle takes the strap down. Yeah. You know, or when when Britt Baker puts on the the glove for the lockjaw, like that is a transformation of your hand from one thing to another thing, from the hand that you've been using to wrestle to the hand that you're using to win the match. It's a burlesque hidden in plain sight. And so I've just taken sort of those basic ideas of the burlesque, the striptease, the exdesiest, and and sort of integrated them into, okay, well, how would a burlesque dancer fight? How would they fight? Um and uh and and so far I have I have discovered that I like choking people with my boa. That's particularly fun. 
Um, and and trying to utilize the distraction of a strip tease to my advantage, you know. Um, I, as your listeners will know from 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 when it was discussed uh, last week, I used my 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 pasties uh, to to bump a ring full of wrestlers. Uh, it was my, it is a powerful move, and I I I I, I promise I will always use it responsibly. Um, <laughs> But the the power of this reveal it, it will will just will just make them fall down, you know. Um, so I think just keying into the power. How many of, men did you make fall down with that with that reveal? I think six. Six. I think six. <laughs> um, you know, and like the the beat of the music and that primal rhythm that I'm bringing in with with do you want to touch? You know, the the song choice, all of these things. Um, and just and just and just showing that being beautiful is also being powerful. Um, I think that's kind of how I want to approach it, that beauty and strength are very intertwined and the the power of 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 my pasties cannot be denied. You know, um, <laughs> wrestling is incredibly silly. Um, <laughs> and 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 also just um I just want to stuff an opera glove into somebody's face and then kick it out of their face. You know, these little things in life that, that, that make, that make it all worth living. I mean, that just sounds so cool. And it's such a good way to, to work in the like, you know, very, um, very essentials of burlesque into like a wrestling, into a wrestling ring. I I'm kind of curious at any point while you were discussing, like bringing in your burlesque training into your wrestling gimmick and you know owning yourself as as Charles Stunning in the ring. What was there any concern? I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. With wrestling world being the wrestling world, mm -hmm. and especially in light of you know all the revelations that came out in speaking out and everything that was starting to understand that like so much of the wrestling um culture had not changed appreciably for for women and marginalized gendered performers. Was there any discussion in how to handle doing something that has a sensual context in a wrestling ring while protecting yourself? Um, I, and, and apologies if that was oh, an no. inelegant way of phrasing it. No, it's just, no, it's it, it, it's it's hey, it's it's a systemic problem that transcends not just the wrestling world that a a woman is on the hook, a woman or a femme is on the hook for their behavior when men or masks behave badly toward them we it's it's it is known it is it is very much an issue and it's it is a problem that i even encountered in the inclusive mostly mostly safe world of burlesque um but again i have i have i have been very fortunate to only work with people that are already on board and keyed into what i am doing understand that consent is agreed upon not assumed or implied um honestly the 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 weirdest moments that i've had have been more with fan interactions where they have misunderstood what i am bringing and that that's just that's just been a problem being a femme in the arts um mm -hmm. so i i kind of already understand the 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 risks and stuff but coming from a space where i am going to be if not hypersexual hypersensual understanding that my job as an ecstasiist and this is sort of like 
not about like bad people behaving badly. You know, we're 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 going to have to sort of dismantle a lot of systems to really get to the heart of that. But I'm really lucky to know how to put boundaries when someone makes me uncomfortable. I've I've learned that through burlesque. And also know that the people that I'm around, again, going back to that idea, protect yourself and your opponent. I don't I don't fear because I know more people have my back than are going to harm me in any unknown space. I feel super safe rolling up when the King of Chaos, Logan Black, is driving the car. No one's going to say, for lack of a better term, shit to me because he's a big, scary dude and he's got my back. Um but in terms of the comfortability of the scene in 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 a sensitive time, um, one of my favorite uh, strippers, and I'm going to kind of misquote this, but the job as anyone in sort of like the sensual striptease arts needs to make the goal number one, that no one feels embarrassed. Everybody feels safe and cool. And it sort of goes back to being on commentary and being like, I'm giving you a space for this to be okay. In burlesque, we give everybody a space for it to be okay, to be excited about what is sensual, to get loud about what is sexual, to scream and hoot and holler. I loved this idea of, hey, you can't do this outside to people that you don't know. That's really messed up. You can't just holler at a pretty lady on a street. You can't. Don't do that. But let's, hey, let us give you the space where that that need is not only allowed, but encouraged. Because we're a, con again, we're another conduit for a facet of human existence. Wrestling is this conduit for our, our love and desire for violence. And burlesque is our conduit for our love and desire for, for sex, for love, for romance, for these, these two almost opposite ends of something they need outlets. And I love that these art forms provide safe outlets for all of us to get in touch with the things we can't talk about at the water cooler or 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 ways we we behave in public. I, I think we all deserve to make joyful noises and I think we all deserve to make angry noises when the when the baby face suddenly turns evil and you're screaming at the TV. That's catharsis. That's just ancient Greek theater, baby. You're having a moment. You deserve it because you're a person and you're full of emotions. And we're not allowed to express all of those emotions all the time. And that was a really roundabout way to say I feel incredibly loved and supported and safe uh, <laughs> to do this weird thing that I do and hope that everybody knows that I want them to feel safe and excited and titillated in the ways they wish now like from me going to like the t2t shows in pittsburgh like, it seems like that gives them a gives like the students there an opportunity like, i don't want to say like an opportunity to fail but like opportunity to make mistakes oh yeah in a safe environment an oh, opportunity yeah. to try different things in a safe environment oh, you yeah. know what i mean do you find that similar Oh, for sure. The 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 idea that we we do these student showcases every other month, they sort of buffet our big QPO shows. So one month we'll have a student showcase just just for the, the kids who have paid tuition and have been training. And that's my favorite place to get scared and mess up and try something new. It always feels like you're allowed to do that. You're 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 welcome to fail big. 
as long as long as it's big, fail big, don't get up, go for it. Just as long as it's safe, go nuts. And it's it's one of the nice things about what what I think these these newer schools with these newer ideas are sort of coming up with, you know, that as long as it's safe and everybody's having fun, go for it. If if it if it stinks, you never have to do it again. It's it's really close to that. And again, I'm bringing in an, I'm bringing another discipline, that stand up idea where stand ups go to 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 mic after mic after mic after mic workshopping the same joke again and again and again and again. And sometimes it fails and bombs and they go, "Okay, let's adjust that. How do we how do we fix that for next time?" You know, it's the safe space to go, I I just need to see how people react to this so I know if it's good or not. And those student showcases really supply the space for that. So I feel I feel really at ease to to think, what if I did this weird thing? What if I tried this this odd combination of stuff? Um and I've I've only been met with kindness and support and and guidance to make a weird idea that I have workable in a wrestling scenario you know um it feels it feels so essential for wrestling to have those experimental spaces those spaces where uh wrestlers can can have a little fun or or tweak on on ideas or you know try some different things but do that in front of people watching because wrestling is that audience and performer collaborative form like mm-hmm. almost no other except for in many ways again burlesque which burlesque. is another like big parallel where like there's a direct feedback in a way that like your traditional stage performances even music performances don't necessarily have oh yeah music has a as a rule you wait till the song is done and then you go give your little give your clap because <laughs> you don't you don't want to interrupt you don't interrupt what they're doing but in a burlesque number a a a, a person saunters out in a in a in a floor length sparkly gown and everyone is hooting and screaming and clapping from jump because they want to they need to it's it's the only way it works and feels good. It, 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 sitting in silence watching a burlesque number would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare because you need that frivolity of the screams. You need that 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 inhibition loss from the audience to make the whole thing feel like it's working. It's 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 really interesting, and I think it was kind of wild to sort of see how wrestling was continuing through the pandemic without an audience it was still incredible to watch like these these are masters of their craft for sure but that boost of energy that back and forth feedback that symbiotic relationship that almost snowballs everything into that frenzy by the finishing move you just need it 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 doesn't work without it because nothing is going to like send that energy back and forth it's a volley between audience and artist and if you don't have that volley back and forth that frenzy doesn't feel like you 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 made it or you earned it it's really interesting it's i i i love so much that both these art forms need audience because i love 
to give audiences the gift of something, of, of making something out of nothing and being like, I made this for you. Do you like it? Is it cool? And they're like, yeah, we like it. It's cool. Because as an audience member, I feel the gift that the artists make for me. And I take it away in the form of inspiration or tears or getting in touch with a with an understanding of myself and the world around me that I didn't have before. And I know that's weird to say that burlesque made me a better person, made me a better understander of myself, but it did because that's what art do. That's what art is here for. And and wrestling is art. Wrestling is burlesque. And we're and we're here to to give people the gift of the art. And that's so righteous. Oh, yeah. Going to, like, a wrestling show where, like, everyone's just, like, sitting on their hands or, like, arms folded and quiet is just, it's so rough. It's oh, so, yeah. And I couldn't imagine how hard it is for the performers. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you're putting this energy out and you really do need that energy to come back to you. You know, you need that help of the audience, like, clapping and chanting for you to sort of refill your emotional tank for the rest of the match without it you're just kind of shouting into a hole and the hole just eats all eats all the sound and all the energy and you're just left exhausted you're left bereft of the the power to go on so please hey hey if you're listening out there yell get get wild for your wrestlers please please they need it you want them to win you want them to lose yell at them but where, where else in the world can I just call someone an asshole to their face and, you know, flip <laughs> them off and like every everything's fine. Oh, my gosh. So I was I was absolutely aghast at the last match I was in. I was in a tag match uh, with my partner, Judy Bruce, and we were up against uh, a handgun Katie Fella and another student at the school, uh, Bianca Bands. Uh, and. Okay, Katie used to referee, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. so we, so we were fighting them, and I don't know why the audience was so mad at me. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I was, I just wanted to win the match with, with as few moves as possible. I don't understand why this was an issue. Uh, so when I went to peel my glove off to stuff it in Katie's mouth, everyone booed. Everyone booed when I did this and I just wanted to win, you know, uh, it was a surreal experience because it was the first time I'd ever been booed doing a glove peel because in burlesque, it's a glove peel. Hooray. Uh, so that was that was a strange that was a strange experience, but one that I would not turn away again because it was, oh, the audience thinks I'm a bad guy. Well, I huh. I guess I'm a bad guy then. It was it was great. It was so great to to hear them understand what was happening. It was it I, Jezebel. I, I, I listen, I just want to look cute in my little outfits <laughs> and I just want everyone to tap out when I put them in a camel clutch. It's it's not it's not hard. Just tap out, please. Let's all go home. Wrestling it matches are much humble. longer. Yeah, wrestling the, matches are the, much the, longer than burlesque numbers. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's the most polite. We can all go home <laughs> in three minutes if you just tap out, please. Yeah, you know, just for efficiency's sake, you know, tap out now, please. and then we'll be done. Hey, and then we're and then hey, and then the bar. Let's go. We love it. <laughs> 
So what is next for you? You um, you are over a year into your wrestling career. Yes. You have made a return um, of sorts to, to burlesque as well. So what are your plans for the like rest of 2023? Oh, the rest of my 2023. Um, the only thing that I have solidly on my books is uh, playing Cirque Delancey uh on the 31st i don't know uh when this is coming out uh, but in just a couple days i will be doing my human blockhead burlesque routine um at a circus type show uh down on the lower east side which is very exciting um and then you will definitely see my mug at any and all queer punk outlaws shows because we have a problem over in uh in in, in the land of qpo and and his name is jay george I don't I'm unsure mm. what is occurring here, but Jay George seems to have it in his mind that there is no room for burlesque at the QPO shows. And my very talented burlesque friends keep coming to QPO and putting their art in the squared circle to the delight, to the treat of this of this of this Brooklyn rebel audience and jay george just will not accept that burlesque is a part of all of this and and frankly i'm gonna have to teach him a lesson eventually i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get him in the ring i'm gonna have to teach him a thing or two because we can't just keep having these skirmishes in the middle of the show it's it's not professional frankly so once and for all jay george with your camel clutch i i i intend to and then maybe he'll finally leave my ecstasious colleagues alone uh, so that that's sort of the main thing of what I am what I am looking forward to in the future. Here is the bur the synthesis of wrestling and burlesque here in a, a good old New York City. Uh, but I definitely will be finding ways to uh, dance upon the stages of the Lower East Side of Brooklyn of Astoria wherever wherever burlesque show will have me. I will be there, glittery, ready, sexy. <laughs> well so that other people can be there to witness this majesty how can people follow you online or elsewhere oh yes uh please follow me on instagram at charles stunning uh you can also follow me on twitter at charles stunning but i gotta tell you uh the instagram's the place to be i have been documenting uh, the growth and development of my posterior as as it trains uh, because it has lifted and grown in a very nice way. So if you enjoy booties, come on over to the Charles Stunning Instagram. Follow my stories. It's it's a very silly time. I have a booty appreciation society and you are welcome to join it. I'm so I'm, I'm going now. <laughs> Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so like much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I'm loving seeing this. I can't wait to see you more. Um, please, I hope you come back to Pittsburgh. Uh, let us see you back at, at <sighs> 880 or wherever. So please come on back. Will do. Thank you so much. I'm so inspired and delighted to be a part of this world now. And I can't wait to see where all of my classmates go, all of my colleagues go. And I hope I hope we all make millions of dollars, frankly. Everybody, I hope we all make millions of dollars. Ooh, 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 ooh.